Welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. I'm Angie Waisaki, and I'm hosting today with my friend Lisa Thompson, who's back after a week at school. We talked about it last week, Lisa, but we missed you. And we have a really exciting episode for you guys today. Um, but first, I have to tell you, not only is Lisa back from her class, she is rocking some pretty great lashes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm trying to embarrass you a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm but I'm impressed and I have questions. Okay. Okay. Well, hey girl. <laughs> a little Instagram uh, that I I uh, little Instagram promo that I saw for these magnetic ash, well, eyelashes and I was like, "What? That's so intriguing." So for twenty seven dollars, I um, I bought some and I wore them uh, yesterday. And it's basically you put a black liner on your top lid and then you snap these eyelashes on. There's like twelve different styles and lengths and bushy and thin and curly. And I'm having so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. It's always that thing I notice on people and I'm like, oh, they've really got it together. They can keep up with like getting their lashes done. Now, I mean, you just opened up a whole new world. Right. It's just, you know, put put the liner on and click them in and there they are. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. That's if good. you still need something to redeem your 2020, I don't know if your lash places are open, but... You can just leave a comment and we will tell you where you can get your Instagram eyelashes as well. (laughs) Well, obviously you don't tune in for our um, Instagram beauty hacks, but those are just for free uh, for listening in. But today we have a really exciting conversation. Um, We actually just got off the phone with this person and I'm still processing so much of what she said, but... Yeah, Lisa, you want to tell everyone who yeah. we have? Yes. Well, I actually had the blessing of hosting her about a year and a half ago when we had our Thrive Conference, um, Megan Hutchinson from Southern California. And she came just to, you know, receive and be part of the conference. And little did we know back then that actually seeds were being planted for, for God and His timing to bring her on to one of our newest campuses at Bayside of Orange County as one of the pastors there. And so super fun to have just been her friend in this process of transition and waiting on God and trusting God ultimately um, for just the best, best news for her and best news for our church. So we had a great conversation with her today. You're going to love her. You're going to feel like she is one of your fast friends. And she even tells us that if you're in Newport Beach, you have a you have a place to stay. That's what we all need, a free place to stay in Newport Beach. Well, yeah, settle in and uh, get ready for this conversation with Megan. So very excited to have our dear friend Megan Hutchinson today for our conversation. But before we dive into some great questions and hear from you, we have a little game we want to begin with, and it is called Would You Rather? I don't know if you've ever played this game, but we're going to give you a couple choices just to kind of hear where your headspace is today and uh, see if we can connect. So the first question is, Megan, would you um, rather never wear makeup or color your hair? Oh, that's rough. Wow, that's really rough. I would rather never... Oh. 
color my hair. I love makeup. I love makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, yeah. you would spend the rest of your life without any hair color. Yeah. I'd wear lots of hats. You didn't ask that, but I'm going to wear hats. All right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> She's already got the strategy. I love it. All right. <laughs> How would you answer that, Lisa? Yeah. Putting you on the spot. I think I would probably not wear makeup either. No, I'd probably not color my hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably not. Hats. That's what hats are for. Yeah. I like that answer. What about you, Angie? And yeah. How about you? I'm not, I'm not ready to not color my hair because I feel, I have so many gray hairs mm-hmm. and I feel mm-hmm. too young to go all gray. So I would probably just not wear makeup and keep pretending that my hair is brown. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. It's so vain, but there you go. <laughs> How about this? Vain. Okay. Would you rather be stranded on a remote island or stuck in New York City for a year? Oh, for sure, New York City. For yeah. a year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and There's way more uh, soft pretzels in New York City than on a... Uh, 110%. Okay. Yeah. Hot dogs, the whole bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, I think it just shows your personality more. Introvert, extrovert, city, nature, you know, that kind of what thing. What would you say? I'd be stuck in New York City. Yeah, come Great. on. We'll all be there together. Perfect. We'll all be there together, right? Yeah. Plus, Kelly is there from the morning show, and I've always wanted to meet her. Maybe we'll run into her. I'm just saying. Right, right. Yeah, right. Kind of remind me of Kelly Ripa, actually. What? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Okay, here's a final one. This is a big one. Would you rather drink instant coffee or com- kombucha for the rest of oh, your gosh. life? Oh, gosh, instant coffee a thousand times over. Kombucha, how has that become popular? I'm sorry if you're listening and you love it. My husband loves it, and I just, I can't kiss him after he's had it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Instant coffee, the, the old school Sanka. Uh, Come on now. <laughs> what about you guys? I feel like you'd be kombucha people. I, like, can, if I drink kombucha, can I have real coffee? Sure. Ooh, okay, that's and that's what I would pick. Okay, that's fair. That's good. Instant coffee, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Forget about it. I know. I will say that the little vias that Starbucks makes are actually quite decent. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are good. Yes. Okay. Well, that gives us a little bit about uh, what you'd rather be doing or not, but tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you have been blessed to live and mm-hmm. uh, your ministry <laughs> life right now in this current season. I love how you just asked that, Lise. Well, first of all, it's such a privilege and pleasure to be with you all on this podcast. I love that you started this right before COVID. That's just so God, right? To start something before COVID, knowing what we are headed into and that you'll hear more about that from my angle in a bit. But I'm the youngest of four girls, was raised on a little beach in a little beach town called San Clemente. If you've ever been to Southern California, it's above, it's in between San Diego and LA. Okay. So that's where we are on the beach. And then, um, you know, fast forward a lot of years, lots of fun, crazy childhood years, complete with an orange motorhome. Uh huh. Um, but we, I went to Azusa Pacific University, and I went, and then I graduated from Fuller Theological Seminary. And while I was at Fuller, um, I broke off an engagement, and then eventually met my spouse. 
because I rented a room from his parents. So that's how I met him. Yes. And he lived in Newport Beach, this place you may have heard of. And he just kept coming up weekend after weekend. And I was like, either he's completely enmeshed with his parents, which I'm not into, or he has a crush on me. And it turned out to be the latter. So oh, um, a story. such a great story. I mean, it's, there's so much to it, but yes, that, and then we have now two teenage boys. Jack is 17. Parker is 14. And if you have teenagers and you're listening, it's, 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 it's something it's something we need to, we need to start a support group, but it's, um, it's great. And I've actually loved every season of all my parenting for sure. I think last week you guys had a podcast called the mother load and that is so appropriately named because it really does feel like a giant load that oftentimes we are incapable of managing. And we just, we sometimes are, we need a lot of help from God. So if that's you, we are in a similar boat and we need um, as much help as we can get and support. So grateful for this podcast. That's, That's great. Awesome. And where, where are you currently serving or working ministry in your ministry right now? Oh, such a great question, Lise. Um, I am currently serving at this church that some of you probably have heard of. It's called Bayside. Hello. And we just started a, launched a campus. Bayside has launched their 10th campus. And this one happens to be in Newport Beach. And Pastor Ray, for those of you who, who know Pastor Ray, who started Bayside, how many years ago did he start it? 20, like 25, over 25. Yeah. Yes. So 25 years ago, never wanted to start a campus in Newport Beach ever. In fact, people would ask him along the a pathway and he would say, no, no, no. What pastor wants, I mean, what pastor wouldn't say yes to that. But, um, one sweet little godly woman named Sandy Davis has been praying specifically that God would bring Bayside to Orange County 10 years ago. Wow. Yes. And she's so faithful. So watch out what you pray for because God just takes his own sweet times for so many things that we pray for. Um, and this Bayside Orange County being one of them. So I'm one of the pastors there. There's two pastors right now. It's me and a, and a wonderful guy named Tyler Swady. Some of you might know him. He is an answer to prayer and in my journey. And I think he might say the same about me, but um, I don't know, but it's been really great so far. I'm two weeks in, so it's good. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, you're a massive answer to prayer for so many of us and it's just so exciting oh, nice. that you're on the team. So, um, okay. In the world of surprises or getting to know you, what do you think is something that people would be surprised to know about you? Hmm. You can take that as deep or as surfacey as you want, but. Um, okay. I'm going to start off really light. Let's just start with the shallow end. Okay. Yeah, the shallow end would be, I trained in light opera. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Wait, I did. Wait, do that again. Let's hear well, I can't really sing anymore, but I, it, that's part of my testimony, but I did train in light opera. I just can't, I don't have the range that I once had, but I do, I can still sing it a little bit. Can't stopping. I'm stopping. Oh my <laughs> goodness, Megan, that's amazing. Like opera, but my mom wanted me to train in it. So here we are. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. I love that. It's just crazy. So, um, 
Yeah. Opera would be a funny thing. And you know, we all have a little something from our childhood, right? You guys. So mine would be light opera. And then I would put on little roller skating shows when I was a child and I would knock on the neighbor's doors and go, do you want to see me skate? It's only (laughs) 10 cents. And so, yeah, I would put on roller skating shows. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and finally a light one, I teach spin class, um, at a local gym. And part of that is because I was in the church world. Like when I came to Newport, I, my, I moved my whole family. We moved our whole family to an unfamiliar location and place. And you may think, yeah, but it was Newport, but I would say, yeah, but it was Newport. And I wasn't excited about that, about moving to a, a, for me, a very foreign land, um, because I was so established where I used to live. Again, part of how God weaves our stories, right? So I was so surrounded by church people who I love, but I love to meet non-church people. That's like the, my heartbeat as well. So I decided, what can I do? What can I do? So I thought I'm going to become a spin instructor so I could be around just gym people and people that are out there in the world. And, um, and I love it. So I still do that. I love, I love that. Three awesome. drinks. Yeah. Man, so, opera, roller skating, spin <laughs> class. great. What can't you do? Oh, so many things. Let's just, let's just, you want to ask me more questions? Because I can really tell you what I can't do. Uh, well, I do want to ask you a question. I know that you've been in a big transition this past year with your job and I know that uh, you've shared some of that with me, but I wanted you just to talk about what's been the hardest part in this season as you've made that transition, transition, as you've waited on decisions, as you've waited on God, and how has God surprised you in this process? Mm, Oh my gosh, that is a beautiful and multi-layered question. First of all, I don't know who's listening, but they may need this little thought because I'm reminded that, um, what, what seems like at first, uh, you know, when there's going to be a transition, it never just usually goes straight to the transition. It almost always starts with a stirring and the stirring typically is something we might discount or discard when it first, when it first hits us, we just kind of ignore it a little bit, but the stirring becomes undeniable when it's from God, because God will not let the stirring go away. If it's, if it's meant to move you um, or move somebody else, it just will not go away. So while I resigned um, March 12th, two days, two days before COVID um, of this COVID year, the stirring, uh, which, which led me eventually away from the congregation, that church that I was a part of, um, it, I wouldn't really resign or leave that church until a year later. So the stirring took a full year of, of a lot of different things. And I'm so grateful for the stirring um, even though the stirring was led to something that was very, very difficult. And I'll tell you the hardest part, and then I'm going to get to the exciting part about it. Um, I think the hardest part of, of a transition, at least for me, was um, naming the reality of what was really happening. I think, I think we have to, as women it would be a good thing if most of us got better at naming our current reality rather than passing it off as, or putting a positive spin on it, which there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. As long as you're also going, I need to name this reality. This boyfriend is a bad boyfriend for me to date, or this job is dysfunctional or, um, or, 
I mean, there's so many things. My child has something happening to him or her that I have got to speak to and name and maybe even get medication for or see a therapist or, or whatever it is. So I think naming the reality is, it's hard when you're a positive person, um, maybe easier if you're not, but I, but naming it is a big thing. So I had to name my first, the stirring started with a stirring and then I had to name what is that stirring and, and, and I need to be honest about that. So that was the first thing. And the second thing is I'm a fixer. I'm a total fixer. How many of you are fixers who are listening, right? We, we can fix things. We women know how to fix so much. Um, and, 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 and that can be a really, really, really good thing. Um, but sometimes people and places cannot be fixed um, because they don't want to be fixed. And uh, what I realized was um, sometimes it's not about fixing, but about letting go. And that's what I needed to do. I did try to fix something and I stayed faithful to the call that God had put on me in that specific setting, in that specific role. But I, naming my reality was saying, this is bigger than me and beyond me, I can't fix it. So God was like, okay, that's, you're right. I'm glad you're picking up on what I'm laying down. Now you got to let it go, Megan. And that really was the hardest part. And this is the third thing. Letting go is always, almost always brings about discomfort. Because letting go is usually you're letting go of something that's familiar um, and, and comfortable, even if it's dysfunctional, <laughs> right? And, and God often wants to um, take us out of that space, particularly if it's dysfunctional and not emotionally healthy or spiritually healthy. And so, um, so to answer your question, I think part of that for me was leaving, um, I wrote a couple things down. It was leaving um, a paid position. It was leaving a position that people um, not only needed, but wanted and, and that I really loved, frankly. And then um, it also meant, you know, letting go meant for our teenage boys, it was, an, it was another move and another house and another community. That was the third thing. That was the third. I'm in my third move in five years here. Five wow. years. It, that's horrible. Like no mom. Who won't mom wants to do that to their kid? And so, although they, I did not, I was very intentional about not changing their schools, um, which I think kind of helped. It was still really, it was still a move. It was still packing up the baseball posters in their room. And, um, and we went from larger to smaller, to smaller, to smaller. Um, and that, that was hard. That was hard. And, uh, and yet I'm learning that um, I would say, smaller spaces it has not i mean smaller spaces have been a beautiful blessing for our family too um so i am grateful for that so um here's the surprise here's the, the surprises that i got we moved to a place in newport called bayside village we actually own in newport beach in a place called bayside village if that's not a foreshadowing of the Lord's hand and what's to come. I don't know what, what, wow. Right. I mean, I, I can't even believe I live in Bayside village and the name of my church is Bayside church. Right. And then, um, God always wants to set us free. I mean, all of us, everybody who's listening, there's almost always something in our lives that he wants to set us free from that, that, um, would make us thrive, right. That would make us fly. Um, and he planted us not only in Bayside village, but my address is one, four, two Liberty. Okay. 
<laughs> liberty. So I, again, fortuitous of what God was trying to show or foreshadowing of what God was trying to just remind me of who I am. And I believe that God sends reminders all the time and surprises us if we only would have eyes to see. So it's a long answer to that question, but you did, in, in fairness, you asked three questions in one question. So I did, I did. That's just, that is just God showing off. God it, showing you off. To, and, yeah. and, and I think the, the big idea, spiritual principle is that transitions always lead to God doing abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. You know? That's exactly right. We're waiting on him to reveal the, the gifts that he has waiting for us. Yeah, you are, you are not wrong. In fact, I'm reading a book. I've read several books, but uh, in, the, in my six months when I wasn't working, <laughs> but one of them was a, a book called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. You might want to write that down, even if you're not a leader. Well, you're all probably leaders in your own way, whether you're leading the home or leading um, a friendship group or leading in the church, whatever. But it's called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, Seeking God in the Crucible of Ministry. And she looks at the life of Moses. So it's, it's just brilliant. Her name is Ruth Haley Barton. And one of the things that she says is, um, she says, Moses tried his best to argue his way out of his calling and um, had questions and objections that typically had to do with identity. Who am I? Who are you? What if they don't listen? All that stuff. And so Ruth writes um, something that I think is really powerful. She says, um, let me get to the right sentence. Oh, yeah. We, when we confront our own willfulness, and we all have strong wills, right, to some degree, willfulness, and our preconceived ideas about how we thought our life would go, where we think, what is God, where we think God is asking us to do is downright impossible, or where we don't want to go, God is just saying, we want you to take the risk. But one of the ways we recognize calling or direction is that it comes about in many ways, in a way that could not be humanly orchestrated. And so it cannot be easily dismissed. I mean, is that just so great? Did you guys grasp that? Yeah. It's just so good. So when you look at the hand of God in your life today, wherever God has you, and I mean, I can see this in my own journey to go, Lord, I, I, I would not be able to write this story. There is not a chance. I, can't, I, couldn't, I couldn't have put this together. Um, and four, three, three or four years ago, when I was crying out to the Lord, going, Lord, I, I can't believe I'm in this place doing this role. And there's so many good things about it, but there are some things that were really, 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 really hard and full of transition after transition after transition in our, on our staff at the time. It was just hard. And I, I felt like all along the transitional journey where, my, where there were more questions than there were answered, God was saying to me over and over again, wait on me, wait on me, wait on me. And do you trust me? That word trust is yada. It's translated direct, intimate contact. Do you trust me? Do you yada me, Megan? Do you, do you, are you having direct, intimate contact with me? And, and if you are, then, then you just got to kind of fling your hands up in the air, be faithful to the land I've called you to. That's Psalm 37, I believe. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Um, so whatever land you're in, God goes, just be faithful because this is probably not the end of your story. There is more something around the corner, but I need you to be faithful where I've called you right now, unless I've called you to leave, unless there's a stirring that, that you cannot ignore, well then stay put. Um, and I will lead you go. I'll let you go when the time is right. And I will lead people along your journey or cause your own gut to be so disruptive that you have to listen to it. 
Yeah. Oh, so good. So in the midst of all that, I mean, transition and listening and roles you don't feel great about and moving houses and kids and like you, your calling is so strong in your life. All of that is worth it is what I hear you saying. So what is it about that calling on your life and serving God, serving the church? What is it that gets your heart really beating about that? (laughs) People. (laughs) One word for that. Yeah. People. um, I'm going to get, I'm going to cry at this answer. Um, I think for whatever reason, God has given me a lens to recognize people who, who kind of look put together, but are, that are hurting on the inside. And so I constantly say, God, I really do pray a lot. Give me your eyes to see with, give me your eyes to see with. I know there's a physical realm going on. I can see this person and she looks so put together or he looks so amazing, or maybe they don't, but but their but their external is not fairly usually representing the internal and and I want God I want God to open up my eyes that I might see the internal and when he allows that and oftentimes that's it's a conversation it's me asking just a few gently probing questions which all of us can do it's gently probing questions it's I mean they're not they're not rocket science I can tell you what they are if you want but it's um it's just leaning into someone's story and asking about it. Um, and so that's what gets me, that's what makes my heart beat is when I get to learn someone's story, it, it gives me compassion and understanding that I otherwise would not have. And we have a neighbor who I live right next door to me. Um, I'm going to make up his name just in case you all came to visit. <laughs> his name's Robert. It's not, but let's just say it's Robert. <laughs> Robert. You guys, Robert is so, I mean, he's really a difficult man. He's a very, very difficult man to love. And he, I mean, he flat out, he, someone stole the gun out of his house. Let me just tell you that. They stole the gun out of his house and he flat out said, do you think your boys, he goes, no, he didn't say, he goes, I pretty much think your boys did it. I'm like, wow, wow. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty strong accusation um, there. I didn't say those words, but I just gently said, huh, that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty, that's a pretty solid claim you, you just made. And, um, and I started praying for him like, on the spot, not, not out loud, but he became <laughs> at the top of my prayer list. Um, and we ended up saying, Hey, we, we want to take you to dinner. We said that we go. So long story short, we go to dinner. I hear this man's story and his parents dropped him off in an, in a, a in an all boys home when he was four years old. Mm-hmm. And as I got to hear his story, and then he went to jail, and then he, you know, I mean, you name, name it all. Um, I was like, I'm going to love that man. I'm going to love that man. So I got eyes to see because I leaned in and asked questions where, I mean, if I'm a human, if I just see it from a human lens perspective, I'm going to write that guy off. But I can't because I inhabit the Holy Spirit. So... I get excited about serving people and learning their stories and then going, what makes you tick? What has made you tick? And how does God want to use that for the kingdom? Cause he's, he's coming back. You know, our time is short. I don't know when it is, but I'm ready. And I want other people to be ready and on board. Yeah. That's awesome. I love when, I love when you're talking with, with someone like yourself and it's so clear, like the calling on your life, regardless of, position and transition and where that's playing out. 
the call in your life is so strong and you've done the work to know that and listen for that, mm-hmm. that it, it plays out everywhere. It plays out yeah. with your neighbor. And I just think, um, and we've kind of had conversations in this space before of how do you discover your purpose? How do you find, and it's like, wait, if we just slowed down and paid attention to those things, like you said, I can see this in people. Mm-hmm. And what are those things that we uniquely have? Um, God can just, he can use that everywhere, you know? Okay. When you just said, I can see this in people, it reminded me of that movie. What was it? You guys that said, I see dead people. Yeah. yeah it's not, it's not what we're talking about. Okay. Whatever that movie is, I don't see dead people. Uh-uh. No, that's weird. That's hilarious. No, I, 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 we I know it's not creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Megan, I was thinking just about kind of the digital world. If we're, if we're honest, we're spending way more time in front of people online on our social threads than we are actually person to person. Part of that's been the pandemic. Part of that's just the, the, the culture that we live in. Are there ways to listen to people online? Are there ways to conduct ourselves in our relationships through social media and how we engage people in a way that that uh, shows kind of that that listening, um, you know, that listening piece? Because I feel like that's really important in the season that we're living in. You know, absolutely. I I think I think what it comes down to um, it's really it's what scripture says. It's respect what is right in the sight of all men and women. And, um, and we're living in a day and age that just doesn't, they've just thrown respect out the door. As you guys know, I mean, all of you can see that. I mean, maybe even some of you listening have forgotten how critical it is for different, lots of different reasons. I mean, if we have been treated with disrespect, it's easy to give that right out to somebody, right? Right back at somebody. But that is not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus was always opposite of the way of the world, right? And so, and I hold the mirror up to myself too. It's like, wow, how do I humanly want to react? But how do I, in, in, how do I spiritually want to respond? You know, so totally different. Um, so I think online, go ahead. Oh, because I always feel like if we only knew the stories yes. of people, we, we yes. would understand the posts and the, and the, the comments and all of that would help us to understand those. Yes. Well, and I think too, I mean, here's a, here's a great little something just we can all say to people is tell me more about that. I mean, they could throw out any little thing they want and you could say, I mean, it can just be awful. And so much is tell me more about that. How did you come about that opinion? What, what framed your worldview? What framed your political view? What framed your spiritual view? Um, I'm reading a great book about that right now that is just, there's, there's so, none of us come to our relationship with God with a blank canvas. None of us. We all have something that's already been thrown on that canvas, not by us, but by history. And so we have to kind of look at that and again, name it. Like what has been thrown on my canvas, um, both Mm -hmm. good and bad. Mm -hmm. And am I aware of that? So I think that's part of this in the social word, just to say, gosh, someone just put something up there that was gnarly and so maybe different than what I would think. Well, okay. There's, there's a reasoning for that. Help me to understand, seek understanding really. Their canvas. Help me to understand their canvas. Yes. Yes. That work. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. 
Well, switching gears a little bit, you are a woman and you are in ministry. I am a woman. <laughs> and uh, pastoring at our new Bayside of Orange County. How are you encouraged in seeing more women taking on greater uh, leadership and pastoral roles in churches? You've worked in a number of churches in your career. And, and why is this important to the body of Christ right now? Mm, you know, I just so appreciate that particular question. It's become an increasingly undeniable call, and I use that word really intentional, on my life to help women and men understand how critical the role of women um, in pastoral leadership and ministry leadership is in the life of the church. And for so many reasons, I mean, for, I mean, just one of the biggest being that um, women make up, I think it's 65% of the average church body. Um, that was, I think that was a recent Pew research that said that. And so it's really important to, to, to represent, right? You guys, it's important to represent, um, what, and for women to see other women caring for the body of Christ and speaking into the body of Christ. Um, and so I think that it's, it's important for, I mean, I know that part of why, part of what I'm loved about my old, my former church. And part of what I love about Bayside is they are pro women and not just women who are, are, um, kind of, how do I want to say placed in a particular role, which, I mean, you guys can fill in those blanks. I mean, businesses do it too, but women who have the ability to do all things in, in the life of a church, um, I'm reading a book actually, because before I decided I was going to be part of Bayside, like considerably, consider it seriously, I should say, I want to know what's their theology, what is their position with women in ministry. So I went out and um, I went on your website on the it's Evangelical Covenant is the web, the, the theology or the denomination behind um, Bayside. And so I found this book by a pastor in at North Park Theological Seminary in Chicago. And he's one of the pastors of the denomination that Bayside is a part of. And he wrote a book called All God's People. His name is John. It looks like Felon, but I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's P-H-E-L-A-N. And the subtitle is The Exploration of the Call of Women to Pastoral Ministry. I'm going to just read you what he says because I fully, completely agree with it. And I kind of wish I wrote it myself but he wrote this, I believe it's God's intention that all God's people, male and female, should serve him on an equal basis and that all God's gifts are open to all God's people. This means that women should be free to serve Christian churches in any capacity, including the pastoral role, ministerial role, every role um, in the church body. And that, again, that's from our denomination at Bayside. And I just think that is really um, critical to understand why is that okay from a theological perspective and why is it important? Why is it, why do I feel so passionate about my boys, my teenage boys, seeing a woman preach, teach, um, encourage, train, all that, equip? Well, because Jesus did. I mean, that, that is the model of Jesus. It, it's, it's, he's, remember, Jesus's whole intention is to, um, and God's whole intention is to, what was his original intention behind creation? We were, we were one male, female, we both had jobs and positions and, um, and then sin entered and that changed everything. 
And as a result, it really changed the way men look at women and women look at men. And it's become an utter chaotic, um, gender confusing place to, to, to live, let alone in the church. And we, we have to make that right. I think as women and not in a, not in a way that says, I am woman, hear me roar. It's so unattractive. It's so unattractive. And we all probably know people like that, but I, the two words that I use a lot is use your, use your gentle strength equally. Um, bring, bring both of those to the table. Every time you're sitting around a table of men or women or boys and girls, both are equally um, important. Yeah. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks. <sighs> Just need to take a deep breath. All that. It's so great. Taking it in, taking it in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we are entering um, one of the craziest election seasons. Mm. I think probably most of us have lived through. Um, and and so we're just going to go there because it's on, <laughs> it's yeah. on everyone's yeah. minds. Um, yeah, just curious from what you know of people, what you know of Bible, what you know as a pastor, what is your advice going into this election okay that's i'm so excited because actually the church does need to speak into this right we as christians who house the holy spirit need to not ignore it um so there's three things that i've actually i love your question and three things first of all pray for god's best okay whatever god's best is you pray for that and obviously we all have our own lenses so we kind of we have a little bit of bias as to what we believe God's best is. Um, each of us do. And so um, so you do want to pray for God's best. And whoever is opposite of the best, so let's say you're on the Biden trail and you believe that that's God's best. Well, then you pray for God's best from according to your perspective, but then you also know what you have to do, what we have to do, because we're commanded to do it, is remember, um, pray for your enemies, right? So when if, if you are on the Biden trail, then are you praying for Trump? Are you praying for his family? And if you're on the trail, Trump, and you're, you're an advocate, you're a strong Republican, well, then are you praying for Biden? Because if we're not taking the gospel seriously, or the word of God seriously, if we're not praying for our, quote, enemy, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I heard that on a pad co- podcast a while back, and I was convicted myself. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so it kind of hit me in between the eyes. And ever since then, I've been, I've been praying for um, just the opposite side. Um, because in God's eyes, it's not the opposite side. It's like God goes, I created, they're all God's people. They're my people. Both are, both candidates are my people. So I'd say, pray. What? Wait, you're saying God didn't create political parties? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's a crazy concept. I'm I'm being snarky. No, it's so good. It's such a good reminder. Oh, it is. Um, and then I, I would say, obviously pray. The simple word is Yes. Pray, um, and I would even add to that, maybe even fast. Uh, again, a podcast I listened to by Bridgetown Church recently. I'm riding my bike, and I was so totally convi- convicted by this one episode. I think it was episode 503, um, and the title of it was The Way of the Mustard Seed. But it was a different take on the passage in Matthew 17, 21 that I've ever heard. In a nutshell, 
um, a lot of versions do not include verse 21. It stops at verse 20. And then some, some say here, verse 21, this is what it says. And it really says this. Um, it talks about praying and fasting. And um, he's talking about having faith as big as a mu- amount of, as small as a mustard seed. You can say to that mountain, move, right? And it will move. And it stops right there in lots of versions. And then in verse 21 says, it says, but this kind doesn't go out, but only by prayer and fasting. Mm. I'm riding my bike and I'm not kidding you. I pull over on the side of the road and I just start crying. Mm. And I start crying because I was super convicted. Mm. I was convicted on many levels. One was for my my country that is absolutely the most divisive country I've ever, I mean, for sure I've lived in and many have lived in. And so that was my biggest thing, my country. Actually, it wasn't my biggest. They were all equal. It was my country, um, my city, revival for my city, and then my two boys, Jack and Parker. Yeah. And I just thought, Lord, I want mount, I want to see mountains moved. Yes. In all three of those. I don't, I just don't want a little something. I want to be able to look back and go, that was supernatural. And I got to tell you guys, I've been doing this for six weeks and I hate fasting because I turn into Satan whenever I fast. I mean, it's no good. Nobody should be around me. I should go on that island instead of New York City that we talked about at least um, and be alone. <laughs> um, anyway, but um, I'm learning that when there's a rhythm to fasting, you can do it. You can do it. It's not impossible at all. And I, again, I do it from dinner to dinner. So I have dinner and then I don't eat all day and then I have dinner the next day. So it's, it's doable. Um, I basically am having a meal every 24 hours for this 24 hours once a week. And I got to tell you, I've seen mountains move. I have seen, and I'm not kidding you, I've seen mountains move. And if my kids were not teenagers, I would tell you what those are, but I'm just promising you as a mom, they're moving and it's amazing. And so now we need it for revival. We need revival. So on the election year, I would say to you, step it up a notch. Whatever your prayer rhythm is, what, however little it is or however big it is, um, I would say step it up step it up a notch, whatever that is. That's incredible. Uh, it's, it's making me think about self-care needing to be stepped up a notch too. Oh, we, so true. And as and that being part of your, our self care, but more than ever, we have to take care of ourselves to because mm-hmm. how we're responding is going to come out of what is being put in us, whatever we're thinking about, and and um, so that's that's such a great reminder. Yeah. Any, anything else you can add to ways that you take care of yourself, your self care in a season like this? Um, great question. I actually just put this on my Instagram. I think yesterday that on Sundays we, as a family, we don't use any technology. I mean, after church, of course, because I'm a pastor, right? But, um, and my teenagers hate this, by the way, they hate it. They think I am the lamest mom and my husband's the lamest dad, but every Sunday is, is tech free Sunday. Um, and after church, we go and do something, two things. We go and, um, well, we worship first of all, and then we, we go do something playful and connective. So that is, it's so, it's part of my self-care because as a mom, just to connect with my kids is really important. So they are, I have two boys, <laughs> so they're not going to sit and we're not going to do nails. You know what I'm saying? That it's just not, that's not what we're going to be doing, but I got to do some active. So, um, I took up surfing and I'm not a great surfer and I won't go out in big waves, but I will get out in the water with them 
every time. And so I do. And they love that I do that with them. So I would say, and that's actually care for me. It's I love that I connect with them. And then I get out, you know, two hours ahead of them because they're still in the water. And I read, I read, I journal. I'm just, I'm sitting in the sand. Um, for I think all of us need to know what is that place I can go to to get my, my tank filled. Because I think that that is so true, Lisa. When God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, equal to that is love your neighbor as you love yourself. We often leave that out in churches. <laughs> we have to love ourselves, And to the degree that we're doing that and loving God, we're able to love others. So um, that for me is, is it's really, it almost always, it's always like just add water is my motto in my own life. I just love anything having to do with water, swimming in the ocean or the pool. Um, I also signed up at, since honestly, I stopped it when I wasn't working, but now I'm doing a massage place every like two, once every two months, it's really inexpensive. Um, and, and I treat myself to that and it's really good for my back cause it gets so tight. So that's another thing I get to do. Um, and that's, that's a lot. I get outside a lot. Oh, such a great encouragement. Uh, we don't live quite by the water like you do, so we can't take up a surfboard, but we have paddle boards we can get I on. Say, yeah. <laughs> so boy, that that's that's a great reminder. And just the timing right now of mm-hmm. our world. God needs He needs us to be well so that yes. we can share share the gospel and, and be attentive to the people around us right now. So a quick note on that too, when you said he needs us to be well, I like the way you worded that a few couple years ago. There was a book that called, it was called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. Some of you may know it. It's, it's, I mean, for you moms listening to your single people, college students, whatever age, it doesn't even matter your age or even your stage, get the book. It is like a nugget every day that takes two minutes to read. And it couples great gospel with great emotional health. And it's just fantastic. We went through it actually with a small group and then it's individuals and talk about caring for your soul and making sure you're emotionally healthy. That is a great resource for that very thing. Oh man, there's so much out of that conversation. I feel like I need to just think about uh, and put into practice, but Megan is a wealth of insight and just the way that she lives her life is so encouraging. Um, and also, Hey, if you needed some recommended books, (laughs) she really gave us quite a few recommendations today, but, Oh, it was just a great conversation. Love that lady. I do too. And I love just her sharing this process, this journey that she's been in from transitioning from from one place to a new place and waiting on God and listening and paying attention to the stirring that she had, yet recognizing that there were some hard things about that reality and, and just being willing to name the reality, but to not linger in that place to trust God is at work, that he's got good things for her. But I think sometimes we dismiss that. 
we just, you know, forget that it's okay to have, you know, real emotions and to be in process about what's hard, especially when there's transition and change. But God certainly has a way out of that too. And we can't forget the way the Spirit wants to help us not be stuck in that. So that was that was great. Just great permission. Love Megan. Love that she's part of our Bayside family and uh, she's going to do great things, pastoring, uh, helping to pastor at Bayside of Orange County. Yeah, it's so great. As you were listening today, if someone came to your mind that you think would be encouraged by this conversation or that you want to listen to it, feel free to pass this episode along. And if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do that too, because then you won't miss any of the new episodes coming up. So we have a packed fall. We're really excited about it. Even if no one listens in, Lisa and I get to have some awesome conversations, but we're really (laughs) grateful that you're listening in and uh, just thankful we could meet you in this space every week. So have a great day and we'll see you next week. 